Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Nerd to the Third Power, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy and awesome. I'm your host, Master Ceremonies, Dr. Gonzo. With me, as always, in this epic quest of awesomeness is our resident anime goddess, the cat. Cat, how you doing? I'm alive, mostly. Which is more than many can say. <laughs> all right, and our other co-host, Skyblaze, is here with us this week. Skyblaze, how are you? Uh, I have been watching um, robots tear each other to tiny shreds on the new series of Robot Wars. I am happy. <laughs> is there any? Is there anything that's more guaranteed to bring joy uh, to a young person's face than watching robots destroy each other? No, I don't think there is. <laughs> I recommend I recommend seeking it out if you can. By the way, new series of Robot Wars, which uh, started a few weeks ago, it's excellent. All right, and fresh back from his vacation to the 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 to, to New England, uh, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I kind of thought like you're going like new new. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I've been I've been watching a lot of Futurama, so I was about to say new New York. New New York? No, I was not in New New York. I was in actually New Hampshire. So you're in New England, I guess technically counts. There was a lot of Patriots gear everywhere I looked, uh, but I got to visit a fantastic retro arcade museum in the name of Fun Spot. Uh, anyone who's ever watched the documentary King of Kong knows exactly that, uh, what I'm talking about. It's where they play a lot of retro games. A lot of people try to go there to break records and so forth on the retro, like full old school um, ta- cabinets of games and everything like that. Nice, nice. Sounds like yeah. It sounds like a good time was had by all. Very much so. All right. Okay. Well, we got a lot of show for you guys tonight. Uh, tonight we are going to be wishing Captain America a happy what is it, seventy fifth birthday? It is his seventy fifth birthday. Lots of seventy fives and twenty fives going on this year. A couple it's of true. A couple of thirties. Yeah, Cap is looking very spry for his age, but you know, sixty years and ice will do that to you. But but <laughs> But, so yes, we got a lot of show for you tonight. Uh, but of course, there's procedure to follow, so we're going to begin as always with Ask a Geek, and uh, we are going to start uh, with a que- we're going to start with a question uh, from Tyler, uh, who's been waiting very patiently for us to answer uh, a couple of his questions. Uh, here's one for Skyblaze: uh, What is your favorite and least favorite episode of Doctor Who? And My least. Fa- fav- your your favorite and least favorite. And he has included the audio drama, so if you want to pull from there, you may feel free to do so. Uh, my favorite episode of Doctor Who is probably Pyramids of Mars. Uh, it's got great imagery in it. It's got Tom Baker and uh, Sarah Jane Smith being absolute best Doctor Companion crew. Sarah not taking any of the Doctor's shit. Uh... The Egyptian imagery and monsters and mythology appeal to me a heck of a lot. Uh, there's also loads of Victoriana. My old friend Michael Sheard's in it, which gives it an extra point as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it just it ticks along nicely. There's nothing boring in it. I think it's great. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, my least favourite... Um, there are a lot of bad episodes of Doctor Who, you know, the the the, the really famous ones, uh, things like Love and Monsters. Um, for the new series, I'd say probably Love and Monsters is my least favourite. Uh, if you're going to talk classic series, um, I'm not going to pick any of the usual ones, things like Twin Dilemma and so on. I'm going to say Fall to Doomsday, because even with the bad episodes of Doctor Who, there's stuff you can laugh at and mock, 
Fall to Doomsday just spends its entire time being so dull. You can't even laugh at it because it's just boring. So yeah, Fall to Doomsday is my least favourite. Pyramids of Mars is my favourite. Okay. Alright. Uh, we've also got a question here from Shelley for all of us, and uh, she asks what we think of the current season of My Little Pony so far. I think you're the only one watching it. Am I? No, no he's not. Oh, he's not? Okay. Never no, mind, I'll, I'll sit in the corner and be quiet. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't seen uh, this weekend's episode yet. I haven't seen the Weekend Just Gone's episode yet, but I have been keeping up with it. Um, it's a bit lackluster, I think. It's it's it doesn't it feels like it's kind of treading water. It's not trying very hard. Especially when you compare it to some of the other cartoons that are out at the moment which are just knocking it out of the park. It feels like it's it it's not bringing as much to the table. It feels very lopsided to me because the episodes that have been good have been really good. Like mm. the uh the heart swarming eve tale. Oh yeah, that was great. That was uh, that was amazing. It's actually the first episode with Sunset with not Sunset Shimmer, uh, Starlight Glimmer. Uh who, as you can tell, is one of my major problems with this season, because uh, she just seems like a retread of Sunset Shimmer. Mm. Uh, it's one of the few Starlight Glimmer episodes that I can outright say I've really enjoyed. Um, I, I just I have a real problem with the, with with Starlight Glimmer. I don't feel like they're doing anything with her. Like the idea of of Twilight taking on a student is an interesting wrinkle, but like you know, let's fucking do something with it. <laughs> You know. They have been going very heavily for the slice of life stuff, which is fine, but you need to mix that up with other things, and they just haven't been. Yeah. Um Stranger Than Fan Fiction I really enjoyed, although it, it made me quite kinda kinda squirm a little bit because I'm watching it and I'm watching Patton Oswald's character, I'm just like, Oh man, I know people like this. <laughs> Everybody knows people like that. But it's it was one of those, like, I see what you're saying, but it is a bit of a... It, it's a bit of a, like, take that audience thing, and it was like, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. But, because like, because he, he had, like, so for some of the stuff he was saying, it's like he has legitimate complaints here. The fact that the the stories are real is more or less irrelevant if you're talking about uh, how the narration works and how the writing works. If it doesn't work in terms of storytelling, no matter how how real in quote in quotes it is, it doesn't really matter. So I was a bit mixed about that one. It's like, what are you trying to say here? And that's what I was problem I've had with some of the other episodes. Like, what are you trying to say? I, I I'm an adult and I don't entirely get it. So I'm, what I'm, chance does kids have? I'm thinking all the top talent has been moved over to working on the theatrical film, which I think is supposed to get a, be released in the next couple of years. Mm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that we we have a case of a of talent uh, talent drain. What about you, Kat? Have you been following this season so far? Not at all. No. Okay, so it's just the two of us. Okay. All right. Alright, well that's uh, that's all the asking questions that we have for this week. Thank you as always for sending in. As always, you can send them to us through the email at drgonzo at nerdofthethirdpower.com uh, Send your questions in. We love getting them and we would love reading them on the air so who knows, maybe you'll get your question read on air. Alright, and uh, the last time we did Random Topic of the Week uh, we did uh, funny Pokemon Go stories. Uh, we told some of the ones some funny stories that happened to us and we wanted to hear some that happened to you so we got a couple here uh, really good ones that I thought were hysterical. Uh, Richard wrote, he said, I got kicked out of a strip club for trying to catch a pincer. 
I didn't even realize it was a strip club till I looked up after the pincer ran away. The bouncer was not happy. Whoops. I, 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 I would you know, granted it's it's been years since I've been in an establishment such as that, but I would think the, the, the smell of human sweat would have uh, would have tipped you off, but yeah, that's <laughs> And uh, Tabitha uh, has, has a really good story here, a case of uh, pretty much winning the lottery. She writes, I walked into an electronics store chasing a Chansey. The guy at the counter asked if I was playing Pokemon. I said yes. He said I was the 100th person to come in catching Pokemon and gave me a free 3DS and a pre-order on Pokemon Moon. Shit. I don't understand. You just got a free 3DS. Did you get the, did you get the Pokemon? Like, what... How, like where that like the story? I want to. I have that so story. many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what she sent. She she apparently was was chasing the Chansey. I mean, you know, she doesn't say whether or not she caught it. So given given you know to some of the recent past, the recent updates, uh, it would surprise it would not surprise me either way if she caught it or hadn't. Uh, like I don't know, is it just me or is shit getting like like much harder to catch lately? They've done it on yeah. purpose. Yeah, want us all to buy the Pokeballs? Okay, so that was uh, that was last uh, episode's random topic. This week's random topic uh, is one that's that's somewhat been on my mind over uh, the last uh, couple of weeks, and that's uh, travel nightmares. Uh, so th- where this came from was uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, for reasons that I can't really disclose, I had to fly out to Kansas City, and. Uh, you know, it was it was a couple Mondays ago that I went flying out. I, I drove out to BWI, got my ticket, checked in, and was waiting for my plane to arrive. And uh, I was flying Delta Airlines. And I don't know if you guys have been watching the news uh, for the last couple weeks, but Delta Airlines pretty much suffered a worldwide computer outage uh, the previous day. All their planes were grounded. They couldn't schedule flights, couldn't communicate with their planes. It was just a total clusterfuck. So pretty much all of Delta's flights got screwed in some way or another. So my initial flight was from Baltimore to Atlanta. Uh, it got delayed. It was supposed to leave at 1220. got delayed until about 3.30. Okay, fine, no big deal. I can still get to my destination with plenty of time. I get to Atlanta. First off, I don't know what it is about Atlanta's airport, but it's like a fucking 150 degrees throughout the entire complex. I don't know what is with the ventilation in this place, but it's just a constant... just. You know, an, an airport's not the most, you know, chill place, at even the best of times, but when you've got no air conditioning and just a constant press of human flesh and sweat, it was just a, it was like being in an oven the whole time. Second thing, that, and this is where the lion's share of the problem was, was, and I learned something over this event, apparently there's a law that pilots can only fly so many continuous hours before they have to take a break, you know, like yep. like cross-country truckers have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So for by, much, much the same set of reasons. Yeah. Which, you know, I didn't know. It makes sense, but I just didn't know at the time. But that was where most of the problems came from because all the pilots had run out their time. So my flight to from Atlanta to Kansas City kept getting quote-unquote, postponed because there weren't any pilots to fly. So I first had a flight that was supposed to leave at 5.30, then one at 7.30, then one at 9.30. Finally, I go through five canceled flights. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I've been stuck in Atlanta for almost a straight 24 hours. And before anybody asked, I tried to see if they could book me in a hotel room. They just laughed at me. 
They were they, all the hotels had been booked. There was no room in the inn, Virgin Mary. So finally, I just said, you know what? Screw it. Just get me. Just get me on a plane back home. I'm just. I. I by the time I get to Kansas City, I'm going to be stro- so strong out. I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do. Just send me home so I can just go climb into bed and just have the forever sleep because, like, I'm. You know. And this, what amazed me was nobody, like, there, there was no, like, there were no riots. That amazed me. Like, everybody was getting really pissed off. I was, like, I knew, I was watching people run, and I was, like, betting with myself on who was going to go Unabomber 2, Electric Boogaloo. I finally got home at 1 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, after a straight 28 hours in an airport. And I decided that the federal no-fly list is sounding pretty damn sweet right now, and I'd like to find out what I have to do to get in on that action. So, what about you guys? What are some uh, what are some nightmarish travel stories that you have? I don't think I have anything to top that. I mean, my flight was canceled when I was trying to come back, and of course, mine not really a nightmare. Mine's more along the lines of, a, of an inconvenience. I lucked out because the flight canceled in Dallas, where my parents live, so I was able to at least have a place to stay. But um, I had to be put onto a standby flight, and standby sucks. Um, if anyone who doesn't know what standby is or doesn't fly or anything, standby is, okay, you might get on the plane. So you have to stand next to the ticket counter with your name on the screen, constantly looking at the screen, looking at the person taking tickets, looking back to the screen going, please call my name. Please call my name. I kind of want to go home. Please call my name. And, and, hoping, the- and hoping you get on. And meanwhile, all the people who are actually booked for the flight are wondering why you're in line ahead of them, not realizing that you're in a totally separate queue. Well, that's, that's, yeah, well, that's because airports don't set up their lines properly and people don't follow uh, lines like they should. That's a whole other uh, topic for discussion. But, I mean, I did get delayed. I did get canceled. I did have to spend a night, but I was a little bit more lucky. And I did, was able to get on through standby on that next flight. So I haven't had any really major nightmares, travel situations by plane. I did get stuck in a blizzard uh, in a car once. That wasn't very fun. Oh, wow. How'd that happen? Uh, I was traveling do, home. Do you, do you even get snow in Texas? Well, I was traveling home from Texas to, at the time, D.C., because that's where my parents were living. Uh-huh. And there was a big blizzard that hit right as you hit uh, Tennessee into Virginia. And I was with my mother at the time, and we were just, it was, you know, we got stuck in traffic in a mountainous, air, mountainous area. I mean, snow on the ground, piling up several inches, traffic not moving, trucks uh, kind of forcing their way past you. I mean, big, like, semi-trucks. Not seeing you, so you sort of have to honk your horn. I had a guy behind me for a straight hour honking his horn. And I remember putting my car in the park, because I wanted to speak with speak with said gentleman. <laughs> Doesn't that just fucking drive you nuts? It's like, no one around you is moving. Why are you honking at me? What can I do? Well, and <laughs> as I like went to go... You traffic um, Moses. Well, I went to go unbuckle my belt, to which my mom was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm going to go and talk to the guy behind us and just sort of explain the situation that, yes, we're all very upset. This is not what we want to be. We don't want to be out in the middle of nowhere in the snow and everything like that. Unfor- and wish you like you are going to be killed. <laughs> and honking your horn is, uh, is just going to just upset everyone, and I realize it's frustrating. Then I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> To which point, my mother's like, you can't do that. I'm like, why not? You don't know what he has. He could have a gun. I was like, what is he going to do? Shoot me? Where is he going to go? <laughs> <laughs> to jail. <laughs> so Yeah, as soon was- as the cop 12 cars back catches up to him. <laughs> yeah, so there was, there was that. So I didn't get out of the car and talk to the gentleman, but 
Uh, that was the only real nightmare. I'm not like nightmare. That was just that was again just humongously frustrating. We got through it though. Okay. Uh, Skyblaze, what about you? Have you got any nightmare travel stories? <laughs> oh, that's right. And she travels internationally, so that just adds a whole other layer of fun. <laughs> well, there was the incident where uh, the nice gentlemen on the British Airways flight when we were coming back from, I think it was Crete and uh, the Greek island. I was like, uh, yeah, the warning light for our landing gears come on. I'm sure everything is fine, but we're going to... Uh, uh, divert to uh, Heathrow instead of going to on to East Midlands, um, just to make sure everything's okay. So I'm like nine I'm on this bloody flight, and I hear this guy, and they sound like the calmest you've ever heard. It's like, no, everything is absolutely one hundred percent fine. We may all die, but everything is fine. Smoke if you got him. Pray if you're a believer, and thank you for flying Delta. <laughs> Well, it's British Airways, but still. Uh, and this this guy, and the, then the so we landed, and turns out that it was just the the warning light it wasn't actually the gear itself. So it must have been like a, a short a short circuit or malfunction. But there was like all of the fire trucks and all of the ambulances. <laughs> oh, no. like, oh my god! What the hell? <laughs> Which is always good fun. Uh, then there was the time we got stuck for four hours in uh, Turkey because the flight was... One of the planes, had, uh, a plane had broken down and because in, particularly in budget airlines, all of their planes have to be in the air. They don't have any planes on standby or anything because a plane that's just sat on the tarmac is just a hole you pour money into. So they had to kind of very rapidly rearrange their schedule with one of these planes which had developed a malfunction and had to be taken out of service. So we were sat there in, uh, in, this, air- in this tiny airport in the middle of nowhere in Turkey, uh, which only had one runway and the smallest terminal you've ever seen. Uh, there was nowhere to sit because every seat was taken up and it was like one in the morning. Uh, and I had to get in touch with my dad and say, yeah, we're going to be like three hours late. Um, bearing in mind that my, my dad is like 63 years old at this point, and I was like, uh, it, it, we're not going to be home until gone five in the morning. And he's like, that's fine. <laughs> da- but I. Okay. Uh, then there was the time I was working at. Uh, I was working at. A fe- I was still a student. I was working at a security at a festival in North Wales. It is somewhere between a four and a four to five hour trip from where I was in North Wales to where I live in Sheffield. The original plan for ending the festival was the festival was going to end at midnight on Sunday. We would go back to our tents, get up at like seven, and be straight on the coach to head back to Sheffield. They changed the plan for reasons I to this day do not understand uh, to us leaving as soon as the site was cleared. So we had to try and pack up our tents in the dark in a field. If you've never tried this I wouldn't recommend it. It is hard. Trying to hold uh, hold a torch in your teeth while you're rolling up your sleeping bag, that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh... So we're absolutely shattered by the time we're even getting onto the coach. And then it's another four hours back to Sheffield. So it's four in the morning plus. 
by the time we get back to Sheffield. Only they don't drop us off in the city centre, and they don't drop us off at our houses, they drop us off at the arena, which is on the outskirts of Sheffield, at four in the morning when there's no public transport. So you had to hoof it back home? Well, some of it, we had like very little money left, but some of us managed to club together to get a taxi back. And uh, one of my housemates then like found um, like bits of my uniform, so like my coat and my tie, and my shoe are halfway up the stairs, as I just kind of like just carved went. half stripped off whatever I needed to crawl into bed and just have the uh, Odin sleep. Yeah, and then just slept for like the next fourteen hours. Okay, Cat. What about you? What, what are, do you have a, a nightmarish travel story? Not really. I mean, I had, like, the longest travel story, but it was, like, when I was uh, flying back home from my year abroad in Japan, and I didn't really sleep the night before that I left uh, because I had to clean up everything and finish packing like a mad woman. Um, And then I had gotten up at, like, I don't remember, like, 5 o'clock in the morning to see someone else off who was leaving that day. And then I didn't really fall back asleep after that. Um, and then I believe it was a, I don't remember how long the flight was, like 10 hour flight from, from Osaka to Honolulu. And I had an eight hour layover in Honolulu, uh, during which having not really slept for like the last day, Uh, One of my dad's old Navy buddies met me and picked me up and took me on a small, short trip of Honolulu. So it was like, here, we're going to go, you know, see these pineapple fields and we're going to go show you this beach where they do a lot of surfing and there's sometimes sharks. And here, we're going to get you some shaved ice. And also, can you uh, climb this mountain? (laughs) And hey, while you're at it, can you climb this other mountain? (laughs) <laughs> there was like quite a bit of hiking involved with this trip uh, for, you know, a six hour excursion. Um, but there was a meal involved. So I was like, sure, fine. <laughs> so we like did did some hiking around to go see these really scenic spots. And we went to Pearl Harbor and did like everything that you could possibly do in Honolulu, but did it in a day. And uh, and that was, you know, over the course of eight hours, having not really slept the night before. Um, and then I had another, I believe, seven or eight hour flight to Chicago and then uh, maybe an hour layover and then another hour flight to St. Louis. So I really didn't sleep for like 48 hours or so just due to my complete inability to fall asleep while traveling. I can't sleep on a plane, can't sleep on a bus, can't sleep in a car. Um, so I was awake the entire time. Uh, thankfully on my trip back from Japan, there was no loud children on my way to Japan. It was a straight flight from Houston, I think. And there was a small baby. So you can imagine what happened when there's a small baby on a plane. Mm -hmm. Really annoying grandmothers. That's what it was. You thought the kid would be screaming, but no, it was the annoying grandmother who had some little duck toy that made noises. 
there's a, there's a, there's bits of my story that I actually forgot to mention. This is the point where I almost did something that, that where I almost lost it and did something that got me or that got, that would have gotten me arrested. Uh, I finally got myself booked on a flight back to Baltimore, and I'm waiting for the the the, the plane to start boarding. It's it's it, it's been delayed already once, and uh, the poor woman. God, God love these 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 people who who had to who had to run these boarding shifts because they were like, they 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 must have felt like they were just like the most hated people on the planet for having to announce these delays. But the 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 woman who's manning the boarding counter comes up, picks up the microphone, and says, "So I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is we have pilots. Yay! There's much rejoicing. We're all celebrating. The bad news is the plane is being delayed because we don't have flight attendants." And I was like, oh my god. And I was like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? It's a one hour flight from here to Baltimore. We can live without honey roasted peanuts. Someone can't figure out the oxygen mask they don't deserve to walk this earth. Put us on the plane! So that was just that was just the 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 crowning. Now, actually, the crowning irony of the whole proceeding was when I was waiting for one of the delayed flights to Kansas City, and there, there was a, there was a, an off shift pilot sitting right next to me, also waiting for a flight to Kansas City, and I was just like, "You can't just clock in and put in some overtime and just fly this thing." <laughs> <laughs> Lol, nope. Literally uh, against the law. Could lose pilot license. Uh, I don't know. After 28 hours stuck in stuck in Atlanta Airport, I'd call it worth it. So, but anyway, those are our travel nightmare stories. We want to hear some of yours. I'm sure that some of you have got some really good ones. Uh, probably even one or two that might put my story to shame. So uh, let's hear from you. Send your stories into drgonzo at nerdofthethirdpower.com. So that's our random topic for the week: is travel nightmares. You know what I really ought to do? I really ought to get my mother to tell that story because I was I was too young to remember. I was only five. Uh, coming back from our first trip to Egypt when we came back and somebody got pulled off the plane and arrested. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yep. <coughs> oh, wow. Plane surrounded okay. by police. <laughs> and, oh, man, that, that, wow, you know. Yeah, so I know, right? Your life just has to be that much more interesting than the rest of ours. <laughs> It's not a contest. It was a culmination of awesome trip as well. First time in Egypt, seeing the pyramids, seeing the Valley of the Kings. Okay, okay, cool. stop bragging. What? Yeah, your first time in Egypt, like any of us have ever been to Egypt or it's anything. It's two cool. and a half hours away from here. What do you want from me? A little sensitivity to our You have Mexico right there. <laughs> We have, I've we, been to Mexico. It's not a lot to talk about. We, you know, every 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 once in a while, you know, we'd like to feel good about ourselves. We have interesting lives. We totally don't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's our random topic for the week. So we're going to jump right to our discussion topic because Brian has been sitting here waiting patiently. He's been giving me the stink eye for the last few minutes uh, to get to our to our topic about Captain America and his seventy fifth anniversary and. I think it's safe to say that Captain America is probably one of, if not the most popular, definitely one of the most iconic Marvel characters. I think uh, the only the only one that I could name off the top of my head that would be even more Marvel than Captain America would be Spider-Man. Which is funny uh, that you mention that because a lot of early um, Golden Age Captain America books like didn't do very well. Uh, I mean, his debut did, but he uh, unfortunately fell off of the wayside around... Uh, probably the uh, 50s and so 
Well, he wasn't very popular around his debut because he was like, let's fight the Nazis, and this was not a popular uh, position to take in America at the time, from mm-hmm. what I understand. Absolutely. Uh, his his first debut, his first issue debuted a year before the Pearl Harbor attacks. And it's the very iconic uh, cover of him punching Adolf Hitler in the face. And, you know, we look at it now going like, oh, yeah, America, fuck yeah. But, that, yeah, at the time, because we weren't actually in a war or anything, and we were actually trying to avoid it, they felt like something like this would just, you know, stem the fires. We were being, we were a very isolationist uh, country at that time of stick your head in the sand going, I don't care what's going on, I don't care what's going on, we just want to do what we want to do. Well, there's 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 a little there's another extra little bit of context to add to this, you know, uh, uh, that at the time, you know, of course, it's not like nowadays where we have you know satellite imaging and we can zoom in on a guy like you know in the middle of nowhere, like oh, is that Dave? Boom, bomb. Uh, uh, half the stuff that was going on in Europe at the time, uh, you know what I'm referring to? We didn't even know about uh, until we actually started sending people over there. Like, we had hints and inklings that this Hitler guy was being not exactly the most chill dude in the world to uh, anyone who wasn't an Aryan Superman, but we didn't know half the stuff that was going on. So it's, it's you know, it's easy to look at that first cover of him punching Hitler and be like, ha, sock that guy in the jaw. But, you know, back in those days, you know, we America saw Hitler kind of the way, you know, we see... Putin now, you know, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's not really worth going to war over. So it, it really, so um, I'm kind of rambling now. Brian, save me. Um, save you. Well, I mean, I, I get that's true to a point. So and but obviously, once World War Two sort of kicked in, having a patriotic superhero, um, Jeff definitely that kicked started a lot of different things for him. Like he became. I know, I know, like, he be, he became basically... He was used for propaganda. A lot of the superheroes, actually, at that time, um, he were used for propaganda. Superman had his sh- well, cut, uh, shorts. Cartoons, in, cut, cartoons yeah. and comics in general were. Yeah, so it was... So there was... And it was a big... Re- uh, so things definitely picked up for him in terms of popularity, becoming one of the more popular ones. But when World War Two, you know, uh, was over, and our next enemy was communism, unfortunately, the... The, the the trick when they turned you know all right Captain America now is tied to fight communism didn't quite have the same oomph behind it and during a lot of the you know like I said the fifties or so he didn't really do a lot actually a lot of, I think even his title even his uh, comic was canceled around issue seventy eight seventy nine around nineteen fifty five pulling I'm pulling numbers out of my ass here but to, to think about it, to say like hey a Captain America comic book gets cancelled, you're like, that's stupid, it's Captain America, but it happened once before. Um, so, who were, who were, the, who were the, the, the people who, who created Captain America? Ah, uh, the, the creations of Captain America, he was created by writer Joe Simon and artist Jack Kirby, one of my favorite artists of all time. Ding! Um, they were, he, and they are the, you know, the, the other fathers of, uh, Captain America. Now, a lot of the best stories, probably people remember, probably more of the Stan Lee stories that came a little bit after, because Joe Simon, uh, I think left, uh, did he leave, I think he left to write for another company at the time, not necessarily DC. This is a time when, like, there were seven or eight different comic companies around. Um, but he had left, so Stan had came, had come in, and they actually... 
uh, when Stan came in, they actually sort of finagled with the character a little bit. Uh, also because around the time he started writing, the Comic Code Authority came into play, and the original Super Soldier Serum was an injection, and the Comic Code's like, oh, you can't, that's drugs, drugs are bad. And they're like, okay, so you drink it. And they're like, like, that's fine. Like, so, okay. Comic Code Authority was dumb. Drugs are bad, but alcoholism, good! Yeah, so he, when he came on board, they finagled with the character a little bit, and uh, around the 6th or so, he started to have the, you know, the Silver Age. Uh, it got picked back up a bit, and they sort of wiped away, they sort of retconned what happened in the 50s, as like, well, that Captain America wasn't the real Captain America. It was these couple of guys using the name of Captain America, but the real Captain America, Steve Rogers, well, he was frozen in ice! You know, all this time. So he couldn't have done that, that stuff during the 50s. And it's, it's funny to sort of hear that. Sort of like retconning has been a comic tra- tradition for so long like that. But and and then yet, the 60s came in and that's when he joined the Avengers and things. You know, picked up a little bit for the character. But what I, th- what I find interesting, at least as far as the retconning of Captain America, is that outside of that one retcon to where he was, in, he was frozen for 60 years, he hasn't really been touched all that much since. He's stayed pretty consistent from what I've seen. He stayed consistent to a point. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk a bit about sort of the, the, those lost years uh, where he kind of floundered a bit. Do you think that maybe... Uh, one of the one of the, the criticisms that I sometimes hear level at Captain America is that he's 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 very much a black or, or a black and white character. Uh, it, it's you know A is A, B is B, and that's the only way that he works. So now you're talking about the years you know when we're going up against communism and the Cold War and uh, you know Korea and Vietnam. Things were very you know the 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 political and social landscape was much more murky. Uh, compared to the relatively, you know, uh, you know, clear-cut good versus evil of, uh, you know, allies versus Nazis in World War II, do you think maybe that that was sort of why Cap Lantern was they like, didn't really know how to make him work in a in a, a more murkier world yet? A, a little bit. Um, it, it's 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 one of those things where like you, you don't really know how exactly or like. He, they, they treated him as the character of the time, like, oh, this worked once before, you know, he's Captain America, America's going out to fight communism, therefore he's also going to be a, a, a fight against communism. But yeah, the, the, the idea of turned on people, you know, coming out of, the, out of World War II and watching two atomic bombs drop, you know, suddenly we're starting to see these real horrors in front of our face, and then television comes along and we've seen all these other horrors, like... This, you know, where this is probably not how we want to see ourselves. So he, it just, it just didn't work. They, they tried it again and just didn't quite work. And that's where it, nothing, you know, that's where he definitely floundered until about the sixties or so with the Silver Age. It was just they, like, hey, it worked once. Let's try it again. Not realizing that taste changes as decades go on. Well, not just taste, but I also recall that one of the, one of the things that was relatively consistent about Cap throughout you know all the years was he was loyal to the American ideal, not necessarily the American government. And there were times where he were he was saying things that really went against what was the the political right at the time. Like I remember uh, an issue where he spoke up against witch hunts and McCarthyism. I was going to say, yeah, there, which, there was a there was a lot of it was a problem in the comic book industry. A lot of people, it, it's not well known, but a lot of 
well-known comic book artists were not getting work because they had been tarred with the communism brush. So, uh, do, do, do you think that might have contributed some bit to the to Cap sort of floundering? Was uh, he was kind of speaking to something that people weren't really seeing or aware of at the time? There could be a little bit of that. Um, truth be told, like a lot of the the forty, a lot of the fifties stuff, I have not read just because either I haven't come across it through reprints or they just haven't reprinted them sometimes. Um, they, it's sort of just the, it's not a black mark of his history, but it's it's a history that people don't I think like to like to revisit every so like to revisit even though it is something we need we probably should get a look through it just to kind of get an idea of exactly what happened. Um, and it, it could be a number of issues. Everyone's bringing up like you know several good points, and they're probably all right. Uh, they're actually probably more right than when anything I could possibly say. <laughs> Okay, so so when did when did Cap sort of start seeing an upswing uh, in his in his popularity? When do you think that started? Uh, that started probably, like I said, probably around the '60s or so. When, uh, like I said, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby sort of got their hands together because during the '60s, those two were the golden gooses, basically. Everything they, well, I guess not, that's that's a bad one. The uh, King Midases, that's to put it that way. Everything they touched seemed to turn the gold. Um, and everything they did, and so they started up the Avengers. They brought Cap back. He was, you know, frozen, so they brought him back. So it was a man at a time situation. So they brought him from where they thought was sort of the best idea of the character, and it just sort of grew from there. Uh, they and it's so funny because Cap has, as a character, not only like, spawned his character, it started spawning all these other fantastic characters. Like, we knew about Bucky before, you know, and, and then we sort of learned about the tragic death of Bucky, quote-unquote death. Uh, comics and death. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone laughed. Thank you. And it, it, it almost seemed like anything they could do was, was better at So they started bringing back some of the old villains as well. So, like, oh, he's still around, or here's the, her, he's the descendant of this villain. So it was this interesting idea of, all right, we're going to, Start again, but also bring back other things that people are sort of familiar with, and uh, you know, Stan and Jack like had a, a great sort of dynamic. Things were simple, but they worked, and I think people were ready because it was the '60s, so people were sort of ready to get a little bit more uh, uh, into it as well. And uh, at the time, also, comic books started to shrink; their company started to shrink a little bit, so there was. You know, so you had a few things to choose from. There's still a lot, a lot of different ones there, but it's now getting to the point where you're starting to see how the market's forming there, and you're getting all, uh, getting everything out. So at this time, around this time, they started introducing characters like the Falcon, um, and all, and starting to reintroduce a lot of different things, like the old Nomad character that he kind of betrayed for a little while in the '50s, but then sort of they brought it back uh, a little, a little bit. Um, and then, but it was so strange that even when, throughout the 60s, throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, while Cap was always good, I don't think his popularity and his stance hit majorly until about maybe the 2000s. Like, it's strange for me to say that, yes, but during the time of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, we also had uh, a lot of people try to reinvent Captain America and it didn't quite work and like he would constantly be either fired from being Captain America or he would quit from being Captain America 
and you see other guys try to be Captain America and fail miserably. I'm looking at you, U.S. agent. Well, you were saying about like the character being very black and white earlier. I was just saying, I was just going to say that um, it he works at his best when he is the the goody two shoes and compared to other characters who maybe aren't so morally firm um he is the the example that other people have to live up to and yeah okay maybe it's not realistic but it's a good storytelling device <laughs> no i mean it, ma- it makes sort of sense that he has to be very good at be the very he has to be you know the lawful good almost all the time but that's also where people sometimes feel like he's too lawful good if that makes any sort of sense okay cat do you have anything to 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 add or ask not not really (laughs) (laughs) well i i want to say this i'll say that i'll i'll I'll, I'll sort of ask this the cat's cat's real lucky because cat has gotten so far the best version of captain america from the movies like everything they've sort of done, they've kept it very, very simple. Yes, he has um, an occasional, like you know, I guess brooding moments, but he always sort of comes back to his regular self. So, like, it's 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 nice to sort of see that. And she, you know, she missed out on the first couple live action of Captain America movies. Oh God! <laughs> Let us never speak of them again. You can't miss what you've never known. <laughs> One's on Blu-ray. Why? <laughs> I was going to get a reaction out of somebody. <laughs> how how could this possibly be a thing that somebody looked at this and well, this could do with being in high resolution? <laughs> ah, my brain. Because there is no God. There, there. There, it, look, if, if, if my trips down seedy back New York alleys has taught me anything, it's that there is a market for just about everything. Whether we wish to acknowledge it or speak about it in, in sobbing tones to our therapist later. Yeah, so, and, and that sort of, like, I, I think even it's taken so long, even though, Cap, like I said before, Cap's such a well-known franchise. It's now I feel like he's at the peak, not only of his popularity, but some of his writings. Um to a point. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to discuss the elephant in the room? It's hard or... not Look, to. It, yeah. it, it was a good deal. You know, I, I thought it was a good purchase. Oh, what? we're not talking about that elephant. Oh, sorry. Not, no, we're not talking about Jumbo. <laughs> he thinks he's people. <laughs> it's terrible. It's great up until he tries to sit on the office chairs. <laughs> yeah, but like the little hats... The little hats are so cute. I thank, grant you that. Thank you, Cat. <laughs> See, someone likes Jumbo. So every, every I want to say every couple of years, someone gets it in their head that they've got to sort of reinvent Steve. And I don't, I don't, and, 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 and this is a comic book thing. So the most recent Captain America book uh, that came out and caused a tizzy. I like using that word. All right, no laughs. All right, all right. I see how this is. is that, okay. Who's a fe- the, the, the word I, 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 is perfectly normal where I'm from, dude. Okay. Is that is that on your your Reader's Digest Word of the Day calendar? <laughs> a tizzy? No. 
Um, but you just so think you just want to, you just secretly want to be British, don't you, Brian? A, a kerfuffle, an uproar. I don't, I mean, don't we all secretly want to be British? Except for Skyblaze, who is <laughs> who is se- already who, British. Who secretly already British, but except not secretly. Um, wait. What nobody else in the cast knows is that Skyblaze secretly yearns to be French. Good God, no! <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? Not you even take French that back. You take that French. back right you, now. You want, Skyblaze, you want that list in alphabetical order or order of occurrence? <laughs> Anyway, continue, Brian. This A doesn't stand for France. Sorry, that was from the <laughs> Ultimates. <laughs> oh, Mark Miller. Anyway, or Millar, whoever, however you want to pronounce it. So, the most recent Captain America. This is, and this is what people are upset about: is that they decided to take him into a new direction where he. And this gets confusing. And I apologize that there is a living cosmic cube that works for the Red Skull. That has altered the memories and personality of... Well, not personality or so, but yeah, the memories of Captain America Steve Rogers to make him believe that he grew up as a loyal Hydra believer and now he works for Hydra in in a sense. A lot of people didn't like this. You think? So, in the weird situation, so, this is why it gets confusing. So, history hasn't changed. So, the continuity of stuff that Cap has done still happens. But, right now, Cap believes he's also working for Hydra. Which must be just confusing as hell anytime he goes to the Smithsonian. Why does this exhibit say that 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 I defeated Hydra? Why would I do that? That's not me. That must have been some imposter. Yeah, well, the cognitive dissonance must be incredible. It, it's and again, it's like it's all it's, it's it's more along the lines of him going like, "Ha ha, I fooled these people." Like, I think that's more like it's going on. Like, it didn't really happen that way. <laughs> I don't know why he became like that. Um, that was a weird because voice he to suddenly became, as far as everyone can tell, he suddenly became a fucking asshole. Yeah, so I don't. Considering that who created the character, it was like, really, you're going there. It's really? W- it's weird because that's not... This isn't something really newish. There's been brainwashing stories with Cap before where he's brainwashed for a temporary period of time and works for... And, like, people can point these out. And, and I know a lot of people... And this is... I mentioned that in that video I posted up a while ago that people, you know, the comic book elite... can't believe I'm actually using that phrase kind of look down going, oh, well, this has happened before, you see. It was stupid normies and new people. I'm like, guys, let they're upset for a reason. Let them be upset. You know? They're upset because they like the character and they don't like the direction. I would rather someone be upset by that than them than us being so cynical and just going like, don't worry, it'll change soon. Everything is retconned eventually. Like, let yes, keep... That's, that... But that's, that's the, the, the way that it was... Uh... It was advertised and promoted. Was oh, this is how he's always been, and this is how he's going to be. Um, and the way that the the writers were treating it was very, very arrogant. And you know, oh, you don't get it. Um, it was very patronizing towards the audience, especially new audience who have come in because of the Marvel movies. Yeah, this is not the way you should treat your audience, guys. No, and I, I, I agree, and, and 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 that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why I said the the best thing they should have done was just not said anything not as he said that but just been like please wait for the story to finish 
and we we can you know and, and let like because it was only issue one obviously issue one of a very long long story but yeah you're right they came off terribly with it they tried to they were completely utterly arrogant and I that was hurting a lot of people and and, and a lot of long term fans didn't help either so it's a two way street. So yeah, when I when I said like those people are upset, allow them to be upset. There's that's good. They care. Mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here laughing. I'm just like, oh, it'll 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 all go away in six months. And but that's not that's kind of defeating the point. It's, the fact that it will go away in six months isn't the point. Yeah. That's part of the problem with comic books is that it goes away in six months. And you're That's not helping by saying it, Gonzo. Don't point out the yeah. fucking obvious. <laughs> and in case you were wondering, this is why I read manga. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Many and long were the, 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 the discussions I had with Kat trying to get her to read American comics. And she always feeding me with the same question. Okay, what would be a good point to jump in? Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, How do you feel about homework? <laughs> let me assemble a t- let me assemble a team of trained scientists and I'll get back to you in about two years if you want to start reading comic books from the beginning you're going to need a time machine and a philosopher's stone or just yep. or just a lot of empty hours on wikipedia <laughs> which is honestly how I get through most conversations <laughs> So I, but I, I again, it, and I, this will uh, come to pass, and I'm, I'm sort of like I don't like the direction, I don't like how they treated it. I'll wait to sort of see where the story goes, because you know we're only on the issue like three or four now, um, three or four, five or six. Damn, I actually stopped. Really? I, I, well, I stopped. Re- I didn't read it. I have a budget. Uh- <laughs> God, I thought it was. I thought it'd been going for much longer than. It seems like that. So that that's that's decompression storytelling, and that's a whole other episode. Trust me on that. But I don't think even that's going to really tarnish what has happened so far for Captain America. Captain America, like I said, thanks to the movies, has really, his popularity is pretty much through the roof. Well, he's, he's one of those characters, you know, he's like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman. His core is so, what's the word I'm looking for? Accessible. Yeah, so so accessible and and so resilient on its own that he you know he he can weather this kind of thing, you know, and come back uh, from it. I mean, you know, how I mean, look, look how much stupid shit has has Superman done in his day, you know? All of it. He's done all the stupid shit. You know, I can't be the only one who remembers uh, uh, Electric Blue Superman. No, you know, I was he, I was there. <laughs> You know, so I'm I'm confident that Cap will bounce back from this. But uh, so we've talked about we've talked about a direction we don't like. Let's talk about some moments that we do like, since we're kind of running out of time here. So what are what are some of our favorite Cap moments? So uh, uh, Brian, let's start with you. I don't know. I've had the floor for a while. Cat, start with you. What do I know? <laughs> we've already established I don't read the comic books. You could just point to the movies, and I'll be like that. I like that. Thank you. Okay. That is kind of the pure distillation of the, what everybody thinks of be, as being cap in their head. I think that's part of why everybody's so pissed off and offended by the whole Hydra Cap thing. Because everybody's seen the movies and knows that he's like this incredibly upstanding guy. 
and is like trying to reconcile that with he's always been Hydra. My hair brain explode. <laughs> so, so can I can I go ahead and say that my favorite Cap moment is the part where he punches Hitler <laughs> and isn't a Hydra agent. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can go with that. Oh, but like I've I've been I've been saying Marvel's had a problem with brand confusion for a couple years now, but that's a discussion for a different table. Okay, Skyblaze, what about you? What's what are what are some of your favorite Cap moments? Um, let's see. So I I do like the movies. As I say, it's, it's kind of the distillation of everything I love about Cap. Um, I actually quite like that in Civil War, he was the first person to go, no, this is stupid, in the in the Civil War comics. The reason I stopped reading Marvel for a long time. He was the only character where I was like, oh, thank God, at least Cap still has a brain. <laughs> he was the one going, what, what, what are you doing? No, really, what the hell are you doing? Now, are you, are you talking about like at the at the start when he 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 was he went against the the, the, Reg, the registration act, or at the very end when he's like, "What the fuck are we all doing here? We've got six blocks that are leveled. What have we accomplished?" Yes, <laughs> I do remember. I think the Civil War, they, his entrance when I think he walked into a room and they're like, "This is what we're doing." He's like, "What? No," and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, it goes, and, and well, I'm, I'm not down with this, and everybody draws a gun on him, and it's like, uh, you, you know, this isn't law yet, right? And they're like, well, either you're with us or against us. He's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm leaving now. Meanwhile, Ewan McGregor is like, someone owes me a nickel. He's like, now you excuse me, this is my jet. <laughs> <laughs> The part, that, the part that the part that caps that whole thing off to me, no pun intended, uh, was was later. He's talking about the about uh, after the jet landed, and he bought the pilot a burger because that's the kind of guy Cap is. Because of course he did. <laughs> Thanks for the ride, soldier. Want a cheeseburger? There's also um, him talking about the people that he worked with, uh, like during the French Resistance, and he's like. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was fairly recently. I said, like, yeah, the people in the French Resistance were amazing. Stop with all this, like, French passing shit. I what think even though we have actively bashed Brian? France in this episode. Yeah, uh, no, it, as in, uh, he was in a conversation where people were doing the cheese-eating cheese surrender monkeys trope, and he was like, no, it's bollocks. I don't remember what that... Yeah, you know what that... You that know, was you actu- know the conversation... You know the conversation I mean, though, but I can't remember where it's from. I absolutely know the conversation. I don't remember where it's from either, because that was not only from um, uh, a call to what people were saying in real life, that was actually a shout-out to, again, going back to the whole uh, Mark Millar thing, where I said, you know, this... Oh, during the, the all- must have yeah, fucking doesn't, Mark doesn't stand for France. Like, that was Marvel's, in Marvel's in, in, in office going, uh, Cap wouldn't say that. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> Yep. Especially considered he worked with French people. Yeah. Well, the, the, the problems with the Ultimates are, are many and long, and we could devote uh, an entire yeah. episode to them, but we won't do Ma- so. Because uh, Millar hates joy. <laughs> uh, I would have to say my favorite Cap moment. Um, oh, man. There have been so many. Uh... I think the 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 one in, that most recently I don't I don't ha- I've, I haven't read the actual issue it's from it's the one that gets passed around on Facebook uh, pretty much all the time now where um, 
he's 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 on he's he's on his back and this 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 super soldier's got a, a minigun pointed in his face and he's talking him down he you know and 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 cap does what he does best he beats the villain by just talking to them and just saying look what is what what's your deal you know what are you really pissed off about you know if, if the, the, the I, I don't remember I don't know what the overarching story was I get the impression that the villain's big problem was uh, was immigrants and Cap's like you know I'm the son of Irish immigrants right oh is this the one with Nuke is that his name what Nuke the dude I, 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 all I know is the dude had an American flag Duke tattooed Nuke. on his face tattooed on his face yeah Duke Nuke <laughs> <laughs> um, no what was his name? what was his name it was the guy wasn't he in Daredevil was he? The the character appeared. Whatever. I don't keep know. going. But he's he just he just he, you know he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't diffuse the situation. This he just talks and it's like you know, you you at your core you want the same thing I want. You just want you know you want a, a peaceful world where we don't you know we're you know we're not killing each other where our children can grow up strong. And he and the villain just like stops and just like you know he's right. And then some asshole in the crowd fires a gun off at the guy, and everything Cap just accomplished is ruined. Be- <laughs> so, thank you, random bystander with a gun in the crowd. You managed to just totally destroy the whole story. But that's 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 one of the things I really like about Cap is yeah, he's willing to throw down when it when he when he needs to, but he's you know he's also willing to 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 talk and to understand. Uh, the people he's up against, and to try and and convince them, or rather, you know, uh, in, in what's the word I'm looking for? You're looking for real person words. Yeah. Uh, use them. Use your words. To uh, enlighten, I guess. To 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 sort of, you know, he's he's. He's just as ready to use compassion and understanding as he is righty and lefty, and his mighty shield, which when he throws, it's, all his foes must yield. It's why I quite like the relationship between him and uh, Spider-Man, because he, he does every time they're in the same place, he very much takes Spider-Man under his wing, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, we're we're very much similar, similar people." Um, so it's going to be pretty interesting in the cinematic universe to see how they interact in a non-trying-to-beat-the-crap-out-of-each-other situation. Which they better, because I'm a little, still a little pissed off that he's being, like, courted to as Tony Stark's, uh, like, underling. I'm like, no, this doesn't work! We've tried this before! I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if they introduce the Iron Spidey suit in the cinematic universe, I'm walking. I'm done. I'm, I'm cashing my chips, and I'm walking away. I won't walk away. I'm just be like, well, they picked one of the uglier costumes. <laughs> mm. uh, but, uh, Brian, I think you're the only one left to, to, to give a favorite cap moment, so uh, the floor is yours. Okay. Before I do, yes, the character you were talking about is Nuke. Uh, that is his character name. Oh, good. Uh, he, he actually, he shows up in Jessica Jones on the Netflix show. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what I meant. Okay. So, I don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I, have, a, I have a lot of moments, but mine is going more, instead of one specific moment, it's more of one specific saga, and that's the Winter Soldier. Like, the Winter Soldier is the modern day version of Captain America that sort of exists now and was sort of the basis for the movies. The whole idea of, you know, meeting his longtime thought-to-be-dead best friend 
who was also, you know, uh, frozen. Because that seems to be the way to do it. But it's all the story itself is one of the first times I felt like not only do you have a great cat character, you put him into a situation that is perfect for a modern day situation. Yes, he's a soldier, but you also got a little bit of political intrigue and espionage that he has to work with and trying to find out the truth where, you know, it's not necessarily about the big battles anymore. It's the small battles that are behind the scenes. Um, it, it's it's great. Ed Burbaker, who wrote Captain America for a long, long time, uh, was, I think, one, I guess the I would say right now is the best modern day writer for Captain America. So, if if you pick up any of the books of Winter Soldier, because there's a couple, but like if you would start fresh, it's a great story all around. And it became a movie. Ding! <laughs> okay. Alright, well, uh, that uh, pretty much wraps up all the time that we have for Nerd of the Third Power this week, so uh, I think it's safe to say that, yeah, Cap is uh, going to be around for a very long time. So, uh, yeah, but that's about all the time they have for Nerd of the Third Power this week. We will see you guys uh, next week for our headline show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I'm Dr. Gonzo. I'm the cat. I'm Skyblaze. I'm Brian, and yes, it's very true. The shield does not go by normal physics. (laughs) The one thing we didn't address. What, the shield being able to do everything? No, it's fine. It's a shield. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Vibranium. Vibranium, I tells you. Taka, play us out. Sure.